In 1901, a woman by the name of Annie Taylor climbed into a barrel so that she could ride that barrel over Niagara Falls, the first person to do so. The reason for her crazy endeavor? She was struggling to make ends meet, and she was hoping for fame and financial security. It's Ryan from United Faith Mortgage, a faith and family mortgage team that tries to improve your financial outlook without having to ship you over a 170-foot waterfall. Our mortgage team happens to be an arm of a bigger company who is a direct lender, which means our company gets to use its own money and make its own decisions within its own walls. There's no middleman. This advantage often allows us to get you a better rate, which can save you monthly and lifelong money through a refinance, or help you with a cash-out refinance, cashing out some of your home's equity to use for life. We are United Faith Mortgage. United Faith Mortgage is a DBA of United Mortgage Corp. 25 Melville Park Road, Melville, New York. Licensed mortgage banker. For all licensing information, go to nmlsconsumeraccess.org. Corporate NMLS number 1330. Equal housing lender. Not licensed in Alaska, Hawaii, Georgia, Massachusetts, North Dakota, South Dakota, and Utah. And right now you're hearing from Dave and Sally Warland and with the Noble, an organization with a mission to protect the vulnerable, including the victims of human trafficking, child exploitation, scams and elder abuse. Sally is uh, so active in the community with Scenic City Women's Network and uh, other ministries, along with a camp that she runs on the side of Lookout Mountain or the bottom, I would say, of Lookout Mountain. And I want to say good morning to both of you today. Good morning. Well, I love this topic that you are presenting because, you know, right now we're so busy in this Christmas season and everybody is so excited about opening gifts on Christmas Day. Those gifts that are under the tree. And that's always a lot of fun, has lots of memories. But you guys are bringing up this other concept of presents that we don't necessarily open under a tree. Tell us about this. Yeah, Abby, we're, it's just something that we think that any family and anybody, whether it's an individual or family members, the, the Christmas season itself seems to open up some opportunities for us that in some other times of the year might be a little awkward to walk up and, and take somebody a present or knock on somebody's door you haven't met or get to know somebody. And we might feel awkward or they might feel awkward, but this season seems to take out so many of those things where you can just walk up to a perfect stranger and wish them Merry Christmas and take them a little gift or knock on their door and introduce yourself and begin a new relationship that maybe you've wanted to do but weren't sure how to do. This just gives you an opportunity to stop and do that, uh, hopefully then to continue that throughout time. But that's that's one of the gifts that we see is this, just those gifts of, of relationships that can be started with neighbors or widows or friends or just somebody you'd like to meet. I love that. Like to start it during the holidays, because we we get so used to spending the holidays with people that we already know, right? Our, Our families, our loved ones, our best friends. But thinking about opening our hearts to new people, that's really important. And what a gift it is to that person and to us, because it can enrich us in ways we hadn't imagined. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Relationships do. Well, also, you know, you, you mentioned this about meeting people, but also serving others. Talk, talk to us about how important that is. Oh, my goodness. At, obviously, during the season of the year, there are so many nonprofits that open the door for service. 
But what we would like to encourage, whether you be serving the Salvation Army or the Chat Foundation or a food pantry or something special in your church, let it extend beyond that. Let it go to the rest of the year, even if it's once a month or whatever works well with your time schedule. Don't let it just be at the holiday season, because it is so important that we remember year-round people need service. And we are, we can be there. We can be the catalyst for that service. Mm, I love that. I, I think during the holidays, people have those big hearts and they want to do more, which is awesome. But I love how you're saying, let that be the jump off spot because you can do service right now. But then in 2024, maybe that will bring you into relationship with there's so many organizations and nonprofits in our community that need help to continue that on a monthly basis or more. You know, that is so true, and it's it's like when you do that, when you involve yourself in any kind of charitable hole, it, I mean, uh, work, it also fills that hole in you. It's, so it's not that it's you're trying to be self-serving. It certainly does serve you well as, as well as serving the folks that you're helping. And right now, uh, you're hearing from Dave and Sally Warland, and Dave is the executive director of The Noble. Sally is the founder and director of Hidden Hollow Camp, also a board member of Scenic City Women's Network. And together, they're a powerhouse. And (laughs) we're talking about gifts that are not necessarily under the tree, but we need to open them and use them during this season. And Sally, one of those is investing time in the next generation. Absolutely. It is so important with our not, if you don't have children, there are so many children you can invest in. If you have children and grandchildren, do something with them. Teach them how they can give to others. Be very intentional about that. Begin to build those memories. Keeping traditions or even starting new ones is just that gift of time for that generation. With our older folks that are in nursing homes and folks that perhaps don't have anyone come to their home to even visit them because they are unable to get out themselves, perhaps because of a disability or they're elderly, or even if it's a single person that just needs someone to come alongside them, we need to make sure we try to do that, not only at this season, but year-round. But I think also it's important with our younger children, as I said, they don't just usually pick this up on their own. They need to see it, and they need to see it demonstrated. And so by doing that, they learn that joy of the present being giving themselves to another person, not a present that you unwrap under the tree, but the presence of their being involved with another person to help, to encourage, and to hopefully show Jesus Christ to them, because you're never alone. Jesus Christ is with you all the time. He loves you right where you are, and He wants to be there to strengthen and encourage you. So if you don't have a community at this time of the year or any time of the year, just remember you do have the most important community ever, and that's your faith in Christ. Sally, I love that, and I appreciate you bringing that up. We've been talking about um, singleness, and and you're also bringing up even those people who are alone for other reasons. Maybe you're sick, shut in, have a disability, can't get out far away from your family, whatever that unique issue is. You are reminding us to open the gift of God's presence, and what a gift that is. That's the most important one of all. Absolutely. It certainly is, Tavi. 
too with your children, if you can begin to help your grandchildren, if you if you have grandchildren or even other children in the church, Sunday school, if you help teach Sunday school, help them to learn to do a service project for someone else. And it can be even around the church, but just to do something that serves another person. You know, I was talking last night, David and I were talking about how important it is just giving someone a smile, mm. someone you don't know at all. That is a gift to them. And I, I thought about that when I was walking past some folks that were homeless. And I thought, you know, so often I'm guilty of not wanting to look right in their eyes and mm. let them know I see them. I thought, I can smile. That is a gift that I can give them. And so it's important that we remember that they need to know they are loved and cared for and how far a smile can go. I think that's so powerful. I know a smile has ministered to me. Someone just saying hello ministers to to each of us and um, just being kind to one another. And uh, you, you, you had been talking about the teacher who took her class to uh, the nursing home. That's a great idea. You know, just ways that we can practically move past our own maybe traditions or the things that we've personally done and do some new things as we ask God to open our eyes. That's it. That's so true. We're talking with Dave and Sally Warland about those gifts that are not under the Christmas tree, but we need to open them and we need to get excited about them. And Dave, Sally, we've been talking about uh, the gift of giving to the next generation and uh, also giving to those, um, reminding those who may feel alone during this season that that Christ is with them and that gift of encouragement, the gift of service to others um, and just doing some things new, starting a new relationship with a neighbor or someone in your church. I love all these ideas. And um, I know that another idea that my my mom used to do when we were little is we had to do a gift of service um, for the year, like something that in the card we'd write, I'll wash dishes for you, I'll do a chore for you, (laughs) I'll mow the lawn or, (laughs) you know, something like that. Maybe those are some fun ideas, too, that are um, gifts that we can give one another. There are. And I, I tell you, there are so many things. And it's just the fact of being intentional and trying to think about ways that we can engage other people in the love of Christ in the work that's done. Um, two things that we've done that we either know, we know have done or we've been involved in, but we recently um, helped our kids. We went down with a generosity trust and then they opened a small account, just a $100, gave them $100 to open uh, a, a, an account of the Generosity Trust, which is something the Generosity Trust has been wanting to do to catch that next generation. One of them is nine, one's 13, our kids, grandkids, and and they put the money in, it's theirs. They've done their own research and they're giving this money away to nonprofits. So mm. what's been interesting is the the act of that is that we want to teach you all how to do this. We want to encourage you. This is generosity is important. But what's happened is as we go into conversations with them, we're not having conversations that a typical nine year old would have or a typical thirteen year old would have. We're having conversations about what this ministry is doing or what this activity is going or where have you given your money to do. And it's been really interesting to have that level of conversation with your grandchild instead of, well, how's school going? What's, you know, what, how you been playing? What's going on in the sports? But it really is walking with them to focus on some things outside. That's been just a real joy for us and a present that we've gotten back 
though we intended it to be a gift for them, but we've gotten a tremendous amount out of it. Mm, and Sally's it. got one uh, one funny story that uh, uh-huh. she, that I wanted her to tell. That she um, she has always been very faithful in in filling shoeboxes and then taking the grandkids to help and the kids initially and then the grandkids. But Sally, I would love for you to tell that story you were telling last night. Oh, this is just a really quick story. We have a four-year-old grandson that last year went and helped fill the box, of course. And, you know, with a little one like that, they're going to want things for themselves. Yeah. So that was something I was expecting. And, of course, they would see things that sounded really good, looked really good. Well, Grandma, are you getting this for me? And I said, no, this is this is for someone your age that needs this. So I was going to go this year to pick up some things for another ministry in town. And so I called my grandson, who is four, and I said, you know, Johnny, I'm getting ready to go, and you're going to be out of town, and you can't go with me, and I have to get this done. Could you give me some suggestions of what I should get a little boy about your age? And immediately he says, oh, a remote control excavator. I said, oh, that sounds good. You got any other ideas? He said, a dump truck. I said, oh, those are great ideas. I said, what do you think about me getting him some clothes? He hesitated a moment. He said, nope. (laughs) (laughs) No way, clothes. (laughs) They don't get excited about the things they need, just the things that are fun. (laughs) That's exactly right. So this little boy will get clothes, but he also is going to get some of these things that Johnny suggests. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) You know, and that's, that's great because kids speak kid. They, they get it. They, they know the stuff that really is going to be able to bless. And I, I think a lot of parents end up being blown away when they're kind of trying to outline these acts of service and these ways that you can love and be generous. The kind of capacity that their kids' hearts have for doing that because they're not held down by all the stuff that we are. Yeah. <laughs> you know, kids, you know, the income's not all of a sudden they're thinking about how they're going to budget out stuff. And they're not thinking about like, OK, well, here's going to be all the snacks that I get later on in the week with my allowance if I don't do this. They truly can have like a heart that is just able to pour out and to give everything. Yeah. That is great. Yeah. <laughs> You're right.